When Mrs. Lindsay initially asked me to give the sermon today, her response was one of mild shock when I said yes without coercion. (laughs) But I knew that I should give the sermon today. I knew it was my time to serve. A lot of the time, we don't answer God's call to service. We may act like we would do anything to please our Lord, but when the time comes, excuses are made. We may believe that we would do anything. We may believe that we don't have the time, we may doubt our ability, we may even fear what others will think, or that those in need are not worthy of our service. Please listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter this calling in the 7th chapter of Luke, beginning with the 36th verse. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You do not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the word of the Lord. In this story, there are three main characters. There is the woman whose sinful life has not allowed her to see Jesus. There is Jesus who offers the woman love and forgiveness unlike the others. And there is the Pharisee Simon who questions Jesus and his abilities. When Jesus first entered the Pharisee's home, the woman probably expected his feet to have already been washed, but they had not. So since she did not have a basin or a towel, she got on her knees and washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. Doing so cost her many things, her perfume, her humility as she kissed his dirty feet, and she faced the scorn of Simon and all others who had witnessed what she'd done. But doing so also gave her many things, the greatest being the forgiveness of her sins by Jesus. We may believe that we are more like Simon, questioning Jesus in times of misunderstanding or when things don't go our way. We don't want to be the woman recognizing ourselves as sinners. However, we are the woman. We are the sinners drawn inexplicably to Jesus. This passage is not about how to forgive those we see as sinners, but to understand that even we as Christians are sinners who need his love. Jesus makes a point in this passage to say that those who are forgiven most love most. Because we are forgiven, spreading the love we receive is crucial. God calls us to serve and expects us to be ready when the time comes. We should not feel superiority or worry or even pity for those in need. 
we should feel joy that we are able to put ourselves to use in understanding that these people have the strength to ask for help because some of us don't share such strength. The most prominent example of this in my own life is when I first attended Fred Camp. For those of you who don't know what Fred Camp is, it is a week-long camp in Fredericksburg where we are assigned a resident and fix up their houses to make their lives easier. When I started going three years ago, the first thought that entered my mind was seven nights away from home. Unlike most teenagers, I was not itching to get away from my house. I was nervous of what to expect because I wanted to be of the most help I could. However, upon my arrival and my first day on the work site, I realized that the most helpful thing I could ever do was just be there. The idea of God's calling for service is merely to be there for those that need it. It does not mean having to go to another country for a year or another town for a week. Offering your presence is just as important as offering to build a house. While writing this sermon, I realized I would actually have to stand in front of you all and tell you my thoughts, a.k.a. my biggest nightmare. (laughs) But as I continued working and analyzing passages, I was struck with a feeling of servitude. God called me to stand up here today, and I answered him. And I hope that my presence has soothed, soothed those feeling apprehension, offered insight to those feeling lost, or just made you feel more ready to give time and talents to God when he comes. If nothing else sticks, remember that we are the woman, drawn to Jesus despite what we have done. We are sinners, and yet we are still called to follow in Jesus' steps and do as he would do. Serve. Let us pray. Dear Lord, please show us ways to serve. Be with us in times of need so that we may feel compassion when others ask for help. Give us strength to do your will and spread joy in your name. Amen. Amen.